on this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we strike out across the wonderful Waikato, from the laneways, gardens and brews all abuzz in Hamilton, to the signature Waikato attractions that make the region unique. Town and country, savour the richness of the Waikato. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard another edition of Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Chris Lynch. I'm Mike Yardley. Good to be with you. Good to see you, Mike, on this edition of Kiwi Tripsters. It's all about the mighty Waikato. Let's start with the big smoke, shall we? Can we call it the big smoke, Hamilton? Um, Look, I'm liking more and more about what I hear about Hamilton, and you actually do like the city. I think it is uh, trending with the cool kids, Chris. So if you haven't been there for a while, perhaps you've got some preconceived notions of it being a bit of a... Hicksville sort of a city with not a lot happening. That has changed dramatically in the last decade or so. And I think a lot of uh, the urban design cues have come from Melbourne because what really struck me when I went to Hamilton a few weeks ago was it's the street art and the laneways that Mm. really stand out. So many revitalised laneways. The street art is sensational. I know there's been a bit of a debate in New Zealand just in the last few weeks as to you know, what city has the best street art? And Christchurch had a huge amount of injection of street art following yeah. the earthquakes. That seems to have tapered off. Um, mm. Whangarei's got really good street art. Palmerston North that we talked about a few months ago I think has got really impressive street art. But Hamilton, I would venture to suggest, may actually be New Zealand's best Street art city. That's a big call. It is a really big call, but they have got really big murals and they get more and more of them coming off the conveyor belt via the Boone Street Art Festival, which it's like a production house of mural making for Hamilton. It is wall-to-wall enthralling, and I just walked all over Hamilton CBD and out in Hamilton East just ogling all of these incredible artworks, and it's absolutely sensational. What are are some of the standouts, do you reckon? Well, last year, one of New Zealand's largest ever wall murals um, was painted on what was this hideously grey wall in uh, Anglesey Street Mm. beneath... um, the local Polytech, the length of it is 248 metres long. So it's a whopping-sized mural, and it's now sort of like a tribute to the region's treasures uh, headlined by the mighty river. And another personal favourite when it comes to installations would have to be in the Victoria Street Art Hub, where the Riff Raff statue in Riff Raff Square has been complemented with all sorts of Rocky Horror Picture Show-themed installations. I love the toilets, which um, (laughs) have been been sort of festooned in bright red to make them look like Frankenfurter's lab, but they're actually these really bespoke public conveniences, which is a very cool thing. I'll let you have that. And um, right next door to uh, that whole setup. Uh, is Arts Post, which is in the former post office, which is like a little sort of creative hub of a whole lot of local artists where you can buy and browse their artworks. 
Now, there's also a decent museum there, which is critically acclaimed, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I would say it's probably one of our best regional museums in the country, and they do a really good job uh, showcasing the history and culture of the region with a very strong accent, obviously, on Tainui heritage. Mm. Something really interesting I learnt when I was in Hamilton, um, the Waikato Tainui do not use macrons. Oh. So I don't think any other tribe in New Zealand takes this approach. So what they do if you are Tainui is, let's suppose you want to spell Māori, instead of using a macron over the A, they spell Māori M-A-A. O-R-I, to denote where you need to put the stress, Ooh. which I think actually is the way to go. That would make life easier, I think. I think it does, yes. <laughs> their fabulous waka, their 200-year-old carved war canoe is in the museum. It's like the final resting place um, because this waka has had the most extraordinary history. Um, it was on the front lines of the New Zealand land wars and ended up deteriorating in the mud at Port Waikato before it was restored in the 1930s. And the Maori Queen gifted the waka to the people of Hamilton and it's now um, uh, in, the, in the museum. It's just a stunning sight. Mike, there are two uh, excellent exhibitions there at the moment for the next two months, um, quite confronting. Yeah, the first one, Where Children Sleep, is incredibly confronting, but the amazing thing about it is that it's heartwarming and heart-wrenching in Mm. equal measure. So the guts of it is this Venice-based photographer um, decided he wanted to showcase the mixed fortunes of several dozen kids around the world by essentially photographing where they rest their heads at night. And it is quite amazing. You've got like sort of the Barbie girls of Minnesota, USA, and their sort of Barbie girl bedrooms juxtaposed with extreme poverty. The one that really got to me, Chris, was the photo of a 14-year-old girl pregnant for the third time sleeping rough in a Brazilian favela. Um, That one really wrenched Mm. at me. It's an amazing exhibition. Also on until um, mid-May, um, Galileo Galilei. Um, now, Waikato is the first museum in the world to be hosting this exhibition, which comes from Florence. So it's quite a coup to have it in Hamilton. And it's a really interactive exhibition. I loved the astronomy s- section because that's what you know Galilei uh, is so well-renowned for, all of his astronomical breakthroughs and um, the kids absolutely are going off about this hands-on science exhibition so it's definitely worth checking out. And we were talking before off here about the sculpture outside the museum, tell the audience about that. Yes, now Michael Patakofi, one of New Zealand's great artists, he has um, crafted this three-storey high sculpture right outside the museum, it's called Tongue of the Dog and it was actually inspired by a Maori legend about how the Waikato River was created. And it's a tale of a servant dog who cuts a pathway for the healing waters running between Mount Tongariro and the ailing Mount Topiri. And that's supposedly how the Waikato River was formed. So, yeah, this sculpture, which has a waterfall uh, falling down from the middle of it, it is just a stunning installation. Another really cool artwork to check out in Hamilton, by the way, is called The Doorway to Hamilton. And um, this sort of serves like a gateway to the landscape um, around Hamilton. It's like a viewing portal across to Hamilton East. And um, it's particularly good at night because it's all lit up with uh, with lights and mirrors. Now, 
speaking of sort of light up or, or sparkling stuff, every time I talk to somebody who is off to Hamilton or has been in Hamilton, they always say to me, because I like, you know, pretty things, I need to check out the Hamilton Gardens. Now, is it mm. as good as what everybody is making out in terms – I'm going to actually do a bit of a comparison here, Mike. Hamilton Gardens compared yep. to Christchurch Botanic Gardens, is that unfair or a good comparison? I don't think there's anything in New Zealand that compares to the Hamilton Gardens because they are such a showpiece of not just botanical wonder – uh, but architectural brilliance as well mm. in terms of all of the different sort of architectural periods of the world. For example, um, the Hamilton Gardens are just constantly expanding and under construction at the moment, an ancient Egyptian garden, which will be spectacular. They're currently also developing a Pacifica garden, but the current ones that are there um, are quite transfixing in that you feel like you've escaped uh, to another mm. part of the world. The Italian wow. Renaissance garden is my all-time favourite. You feel like you're in Tuscany. Gee, so it's got little wee different sections you can go it to. Is. How big are these sections, these areas of different? Monstrous. Really? It is honestly like a botanical version of taking a trip to Disneyland. Your eyes have lit up when I'm speaking to you now, about this. I don't think I've ever seen you so excited. Okay. I'll tell you what, no matter what city in the world – Hamilton Gardens was in, it would be a box office blockbuster. Wow. It is that good. The but latest, you don't often hear about it. It's, it's almost like a, well, it's not a hidden gem, is it? But well, well, I suspect if it was in Wellington or Auckland, we'd hear a lot about it. But yeah. because it's in Hamilton, maybe it doesn't get, um, you know, the fame uh, that it deserves. The latest installation, which opened about a year or so ago, which I checked out recently for the first time, is the Surrealist Garden. And I think I mentioned to you that I was doing this a few weeks ago, Chris. The the really cool thing about the Surrealist Garden is that it's all about warped reality. So they have like these oversized wheelbarrows, um, sort of all distorted reality. So you feel like a little ant gazing up at this gigantic cool. wheelbarrow, and then all around the garden are these animatronic trees, which have been dubbed the Trons, by the way. Very wow. very apt for Hamilton, the Trons. That is really cool. Um, so they're these moving sort of mechanical trees um, as if it's sort of like War of the Worlds. It is so cool. Let's dip into the food and beverage scene in Hamilton. And let's start with the brews. Mike, uh, the craft beer scene is exploding in Hamilton, isn't it? Seriously impressive, Chris. Gotcha. Um, there are so many industry stars like Good George Brewing, who still mm. deliver their beer to North Island outlets via a modified fire truck. So it's the whole sort of tank to tank concept at Good George. Uh, the best way to whip around a stack of venues in Hamilton is to join a brew bus tour. Um, they have been operating a few years now, and it's just a really nice leisurely way to check out the craft beer scene. You'll meet some of the craft masters, get behind-the-scenes tours of the local breweries, and obviously plenty of samplings. Uh, that is the common denominator, ample free tastings. And um, at the end of the day, you can either hunker down at the last stop, you know, for mm. a meal and some beers, or they'll take you back to where you want to go. That's pretty cool. Um, any other standouts in terms of being there? Uh, the Woolshed, which is out by the airport, yep. would have to be 
one of the most charmingly rustic brew pubs in New Zealand. It is a real woolshed that's been repurposed as a bar for Hypnotic Brewery. That was very cool. Uh, my favourite, though, would be a place called Bootleg Brewery, mm. which is actually based in the old Matangi Dairy Factory, which just absolutely oozes with New Zealand history because this is the factory, Chris, where our first condensed milk can rolled really? off the assembly line. I love condensed milk. Oh, so do I. Just dip your finger in you it know, and think when, you're like when, a seven-year-old. That's right, when mum's lo- not locking in yes. the bacon's out. Oh, oh, give me some condensed milk. So this old dairy factory uh, was bought up um, by the Mowbrays and it's now like a hive of creative enterprise. Next door to Bootleg, while I was checking out their brews, I noticed that the Olympic rowing team were having some skiffs built for them right next door um, to the brewery. So that's the sort of uh, way it rolls at the old Matangi Dairy Factory. Get amongst it. There are some good uh, eateries, if I can say that, in Hamilton. Um, Riverbank Lane. Yes. Um, that's supposed to be quite nice. When I was looking at some of the notes, it's, it looks very trendy. It's a great introduction to Hamilton because – um, it says so much about how the city has evolved. This mm. was once an abandoned arcade, totally revitalised, groaning with urban temptation. So you've got things like the beloved Browser's Bookstore there, a gallery, boutique stores, the most fantastic ice cream parlour called Duck Island, and then all these eateries. So um, some recommendations would be Mr Pickles for gourmet platters and sharing plates. I went to this great place called the Bearded Weasel. I love that name, the Bearded Weasel. And the must try there is their freaking good fried chicken, which they will serve either by the plate or the bucket. I do recommend the bucket. And they will pair it with some really interesting sides like cauliflower with tamarind and lime-infused salsa. The other must try at um, uh, the Bearded Weasel, their cheeseburger spring rolls. Oh, oh, that sounds What a revelation. That cheeseburger spring roll. Give me yeah. one of those. Um, Paddock to Plates on Victoria Street is a bit of a new mainstay for meat lovers too, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. If you're after your lamb or your free-range chicken or venison or steaks, that's where to go. Yum. They do really good sides too, like double-cooked chips and kumara hash. Um, and savour them for some dessert. I had chai panna cotta there, which is made with tea from the Zilong Tea Estate in the Waikato, which is New Zealand's only tea plantation. Uh, for a snack on the run, duck into River Kitchen on Victoria Street. Uh, they are swooned over for their scones, and they just do the most incredibly inventive things with scones. Their Dayton custard scone, oh, oh. 10 out of 10. Oh, that and sounds if you want good. a savoury scone, how about... Um, sliced baby potatoes inside your scone. That's worth a try. Yeah, that sounds actually really lovely. Mm. Um, a great place to stay in Hamilton is, what, the Novotel Hamilton? I've been there before. Absolutely. It's Novotel nice. Hamilton, Tainui. Yeah, it's a landmark hotel, really. Um, mm. Really comfortable. It's classy but casual. Yeah. It's the sort of place where, you know, you, it's not snooty, um, but it's but it's elegant, beautiful art, great service, um, and a, a really good buffet breakfast. I think... There's a lot you can say about a good hotel if they have a good buffet breakfast. Uh, so the uh, Novotel Hamilton Tainui ticks all those boxes. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break.
When was the last time you rolled through the Waikato? From the street art laneways and gardens of Hamilton to the hobbit houses, horse studs and other worldly caves strung across the countryside. Iconic towns, signature tastes and winning hospitality. There's a world of wonder awaiting you in the Waikato. WaikatoNZ.com You're with Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Mike Yardley, and joining us from Hamilton and Waikato Tourism is the Chief Executive, Jason Dawson. Kia ora, Jason, great to have you aboard. Uh, kia ora, Mike. Thanks, thanks for having me here. I suppose we should start with the whole COVID age, and how challenging has that been for tourism operators in your region? Um, have there been any major business closures uh, or, or some surprise stories? How would you wrap up the last 12 months of our lives? Uh, look, a really great question. Look, I think um, no different to anywhere else in Aotearoa. Look, it was the impacts of COVID were definitely brutal on us as a region. Um, look, we've definitely had a couple of business closures, so not too much, which is great. We've had a few sales and mergers of businesses, and a number of them have gone into hibernation. Um, but look, I think during COVID, I, well, we were really heartened by how the industry kind of pulled together. They innovated. Uh, they created other types of products. You know, Good George Brewery switched from making beer and cider to doing hand sanitizer uh, through to some of our operators actually doing deliveries for um, some, some of the social agencies, um, providing food. Our caterers were cooking um, food and making lunches for everyone. So, look, it was a really feel-good opportunity, actually, for the industry to provide some give back. So, I think even though it was hard, um, we've definitely pulled together better. So, um, And looking forward to the other end, I think we're definitely stronger as an industry, which is great. Speaking of the other end, hopefully we'll have Aussies back in our country uh, soon. Is there much anticipation about the Australian dimension to the visitor mix in the Waikato? Is it a significant factor? Yes, look, it is. I think like other parts of New Zealand, Australia is our number one international visitor market. I know they're only across the ditch, but obviously we call them our international key international market. Look, and they were bringing in around 87.5 million annually into the Waikato economy. So it's um, really important for us to get Australia open again when it is safe to do so. That's been the big push for our community. Um, and also just help prop us up during winter. Look, winter is obviously a quieter time for us as a region. We're a non-ski destination. Um, so for us, it's more of our underground cabins, uh, our surf and our, um, and our other experiences that actually serve us strong in winter. So to get Australia back would be really great, particularly for our uh, communities like Waitomo and Matamata, who are really down um, on visitor numbers and expenditure right now. Actually, it's interesting you mentioned Matamata because I think I read recently that, like with Hobbiton, uh, in terms of uh, the visitor breakdown, uh, twice as many Aussies pre-COVID went to Hobbiton than Kiwis, right? That's that big. Absolutely. It is that big. And look, nothing against our great Kiwi travellers. We, you know, thank you guys for travelling more than ever around our beautiful country. Um, They don't spend as much as well as our Australian counterparts um, or our other international markets. So even though we're definitely seeing what we're calling the volume of Kiwis travelling more than ever, um, we still are missing that, that extra expenditure, which internationals always manage to top up a bit more. Jason, I suppose when people think of Waikato, you know, economically, mulu bells, dairy uh, springs to mind. In terms of tourism significance to the wider economic activity of Waikato, how significant is it? So, look, it's I call ourselves, um, we are like the, the hidden tiger of tourism for New Zealand. 
Uh, look, prior to COVID, we were the fourth largest domestic visitor destination and the fifth largest international behind Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and Queenstown. So our um, tourism economy was injecting around $1.571 billion into the Waikato economy. So really um, big figures for us. Um, that covers all our events as well. So we're a significant event destination. And previously, 75% of our market was actually fellow Kiwis. So we were already a strong domestic um, visitor destination prior to COVID. International facing, though, really strong in Waitomo and Matamata with Hobbiton movie set. Um, so again, those communities are definitely impacted. But look, they were um, they were now bouncing back the rest of the region due to the domestic makeup that we have. So again, we have 2.65 million Kiwis live within a three-hour drive of Hamilton. So we're really lucky. We're a great big drive market, um, good for short breaks, weekends and some holidays. As a regional tourism organisation, your territory obviously transcends a heap of council boundaries. Um, is the diversity of experiences in the Waikato your greatest strength? Absolutely. I think it's our number one asset. Um, you can explore, you know, the wild west coast um, and we'll talk about that later with regards to the places like Raglan and Kafia. Um, we have underworld um, and caving through uh, experiences through Waitomo and many other areas. We've got Hobbiton movie set, we've got Hamilton Gardens. Um, and again, these are places which only exist in Waikato and in New Zealand and even in the world. Uh, so again, a really big mix of rural, urban experiences, um, plus some great places to just disconnect and actually reconnect with nature. Um, so look, again, we're very, very fortunate. We have such a diverse landscape uh, for the region. Yeah. What always impresses me about the Waikato is the personality of your towns and villages and they're just, you know, so distinct and individualistic in terms of how they express their personality. And I suppose, you know, really good examples would be Kiwiana, that whole theming in Otorohanga, or the corrugated iron farmyard animals in Tiro. Um, are the locals in the Waikato aware of just how good their towns are? Uh, yes, they are. And I think more and more people are also moving here as well. You know, we've got a huge expat community, uh, again, during COVID are returning home, but also due to, unfortunately, Auckland house prices are being forced south um, to come back to the Waikato. So the people here are really humble. Um, I'm not originally from here, but what I do feel about these people, it's, it's in their DNA. They're a very strong people. They're very proud but again, then they're not loud. They're not tall poppies. It's not. I mean, again, as you've seen from our towns, they're quirky, they're unique, and they kind of do it their way. Um, and I think that's what that's what people love about it. Actually, they're being true to themselves. Um, and every single community or, or town we have is this is this unique village. It's a great experience. Everyone knows each other, um, and they're prepared to help you. So I think it's just that expression of Manakitanga as New Zealand used to be, which is really great for our towns. What about Hamilton? Because obviously, you know, some people over the years, even in more recent times, have derided the Tron as some sort of Hicksville, uh, trying to be a big city. But it seems to be very in, very hip with the cool kids. Why do you think that is? Um, look, I definitely think it's changing perceptions. Um, look, many people who have a bit of a bad rap of Hamilton or um, might bag us um, previously have probably haven't been to the city for over 20 years. 
We definitely see that with the baby boomer market. Obviously, Hamilton maybe not wasn't as an attractive city or destination back then. Whereas, you know, our millennials and our, what I call our hipsters today, the, um, the young the young people are coming to are coming to Hamilton. They really think it's it's the place to be right now. Again, we've got world class events like the Rugby Sevens, the Kiwi Beer Festival, World Darts, Balloons over Waikato, some real unique fun events um, that we have put on here, right through now to some of our award-winning restaurants and our hospitality scene and the great bars and the food producers. You know, Duck Island Ice Cream are one of our iconic, what I call, food embassies of the city. Good George Beer and Cider has come from here. So I think, look, it's it's really changed. Um, and, and look, and Instagram's changed as well. Look, Hamilton Gardens is one of our most Instagrammable now uh, locations and destinations in the city. So again, people are coming here with, with a different lens um, and actually looking at Hamilton of today. Um, and I think, you know, we're doing really well. I think we came of age when I saw Hamilton Hip, uh, some travel writer write about us, and also making um, the top 50 places to visit by Forbes Travel. Um, that again is, is another lens for us to say, hey, actually we are punching above our weight as a city. Absolutely. A couple of quick things. I know you're a big fan of Raglan, as we referred to before. Why so? Look, I think Rag- everyone knows Raglan as our spiritual birthplace of surf. And look, surf is a big part of what the Raglan community is around its um, left-hand break. Fantastic. But I think um, Raglan's also changing and evolving. It's becoming quite a what I would call a hub for ecotourism. So look, they're really quite big on basically being not just sustainable, but actually uh, regenerative as a community. Uh, and then also it's become this cool little food foodie hub. You know, it's the home of Raglan roast coffee, Raglan coconut yogurt, um, Raglan chocolate and so much more. So I feel it's, for those of you who did used to travel before, it used to be the Byron Bay of old. Um, and the great thing about Byron Bay of old is, is we loved it the way it was. It doesn't look like Byron Bay today. And look, and Raglan never will. Um, there's some really clear development rules around keeping Raglan Raglan. You'll never see tall apartment blocks or hotels. There's no big box retailers will ever go into Raglan. So it's going to keep keep it cool in this little bubble. So I think that's what um, makes Raglan so special. Just finally, Jason, I know this is a tough question, but if you had to point someone in the Waikato region to one enticing signature taste or dish or menu item, where would it be and what would it be? You are right. It's like choosing your favourite child. Um, again, <laughs> I'm probably going to throw in maybe maybe two things there. Look, definitely the fairy bread ice cream from a Duck Island ice cream scoop shop is a winner. The cheese and jalapeno scones from Valare Bakery with toasted on both sides with lots of butter, which is what we're famous for, um, and definitely a beautiful hot oolong tea from Zilong Tea Estate. Um, look, there's just so many I could go on about with cheese and berries and everything else, but like I think if I had to choose a couple, I'll, 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 I'll spread the bet. You've got three there. There's three essential reasons to visit. Absolutely. Hey, thank you very much for joining us um, and all the very best for the year as it unfolds as we start to welcome back the world. It's great. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate your time. You're with Kiwi Tripsters. Interesting stuff with Jason there, Mike. Thank you. And um, let's start to string together some of the regional highlights, uh, beginning with uh, the Waitomo. Yes, obviously Waitomo is a, a, a byword, really, for caves. Well, that's what I was going to say, but I, I didn't say that because, well, it wasn't on my script. But a spelunking? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> but apparently if you go, you know, sort of cave exploring, you're a spelunker. Okay. Maybe you have ticked off the glowworm caves. Um, interestingly, last month they staged a month-long 
art activation exhibition in Waitomo. So they had things like live concerts by Jeff Sewell in the Cathedral Cave. You could do photography oh, wow. workshops in the Rua Kuri Cave. Um, and there's actually quite a hive of artists in the Waitomo district, which are worth staking out. But aside from the caves, my must-do in Waitomo would be the Manga uh, Pohu Natural Bridge Walk, which is not dissimilar to the Operada Arch experience in the Buller region, which I know you've done, oh, Chris. Oh, yes, that's absolutely beautiful. You've got me involved now. Yeah. Um, I'd, I've always wanted to do th- this cave. It's, it's almost like a rite of passage, isn't it, for New Zealanders? Yeah, it is. Um, this dazzling limestone arch is mm. about 17 metres high and it spans the water. Um, but this arch is all that remains of what was an age-old cave. The walking track has been magnificently constructed with a sequence of stairways so you can size up this towering landmark from all angles. And the track then descends to farmland where you can see 25 million-year-old fossilised oysters exposed on the limestone outcrops. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, as you mentioned to Jason, uh, the Waikato is awash with so many distinctive little wee towns and villages, and they've all got their own personality, don't they? I think it really stands out about the Waikato. Really strong, resonant brands like yeah. Matamata. You just say Matamata yeah. and you think Middle Earth. That's right. Uh, Tito, as I mentioned to Jason, you think of those giant corrugated iron farmyard animals. Yeah, that's true. Um, Kiwiana in Otorahanga. Tokoroa, the timber town, and on it yeah. goes. In fact, if you're going through Tikuiti, make sure you stop to check out the uh, Sir Colin Mead statue, which was unveiled a year or so ago. It's just superb. Uh, two landmark cafes you should call into as well in your travels. In the cutesy village of Pio Pio, you will find the magnificent Fat Pigeon Cafe, and its sister cafe in Otorahanga is also worth a stop, the Fat Kiwi Cafe. Very Kiwi names, What's don't you think, fat things? Yes. <laughs> hey, um, I need to ask this. And mm. How is Hobbiton faring with the global pandemic? Yeah. Well, it's certainly taken a hit in terms of visitor numbers mm. um, because pre-COVID it was attracting half a million people a year. That has obviously cratered. Uh, but they have stayed open and they have tried to pivot. So if you are going there as a family or if you are a silver Traveller with your gold card, uh, there are discounts now available for families and gold card holders. Now, does it feel like a, a movie set? Because I'm not a massive fan of the Lord of the Rings franchise, but Same. I do love behind the scenes of movie things. Does it yeah. feel like a set? What does it feel like when you're there? Oh, it does actually feel like you've entered another realm. Mm. Interestingly, a third of people that go to Hobbiton have neither read um, a Tolkien book mm. or seen a movie. Oh, well, that makes me feel okay then. Yeah. So, so you won't yeah. be alone there, Chris. I mean, I've got a lot of international friends, and one of the first things they often do is they head to this place. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, what I found fabulous about it is just the perfectionism um, of Sir Peter Jackson, where absolutely every square inch of that movie set has been, like, analysed to such an extent you think the man must be crazy because mm. he wanted everything to be absolutely perfect, down to all of the 
fake leaves on the tree. He didn't like the colour of them just before they were about to shoot, so they had to all be stripped and then all re-sewn onto the trees again. It was just incredible. And this tree was only in the shot for 10 seconds, you know, just things like that. So, yeah, it is Surprise quite it was a real tree. Place. Everything looks like green screen well, in that film. But anyway. That, that is true. By the way, I did found, find out recently, um, do you know what happened to the original Hobbit houses built at Hobbiton for the Rings trilogy? Because Hobbiton, as we know, it was, of course, built for um, the Hobbit yeah. trilogy. The first Hobbit houses. In our social housing complex somewhere. <laughs> well, maybe they should have been tended as social housing. What are they? They probably would have been a very visionary solution. I would, I would like them. They were dumped under guard in the middle of the night Why? at the Happy Valley Landfill in Wellington by the movie company. Isn't okay. that just what so typical of movie companies? They don't want anyone to get their hands on anything that could potentially be seen as valuable. That's Incredible. weird. You would have yeah. thought they would not mind that. I know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there are some exciting trails. I know you like a decent rail trail, Mike. Yes. Uh, the Hauraki Rail Trail is massive, but I just did the last section which connects Matamata with Te Araha, and like most of the uh, entire trail, it's a very gentle, very flat ride, whizzing you across the patchwork quilt of fertile Waikato Plains. Um, definitely call into the Firth Tower because it gives you the most amazing views over the lush countryside. And this tower is fortified. It is one of New Zealand's oldest concrete buildings. And of course, it is connected to the company that was later formed, the Firth Concrete Company. And when you're in Teoraha, you've got those silky smooth mineral spa waters to indulge in after your bike ride. What about Cambridge? What are the highlights there? I've got a friend who recently moved to Cambridge. Oh, really? Beauty seller. Another well, story. I think this is another Waikato town with a distinctive personality. Mm. They call themselves the Town of Champions. And I, it's such a great title because there are so many gold medal winning Olympians who live in Cambridge and they've also got that illustrious thoroughbred horse racing industry mm. uh, all around town. You can um, see this <clears throat> quite well illustrated in the main street actually. They have their sporting walk of fame and also <clears throat> the footpath mosaics of all of the rock star horses bred in Cambridge that went on to win a Melbourne Cup. Very lush in Cambridge, I found, when I was there. Yeah, it is. The other cool thing there, which um, has gone up in the last few years, the Avanti Drome, which is the amazing cycling velodrome. And the thing about the track, when you go inside the, the building, the track is so steep. Apparently, the maximum slope of it is 43 degrees. Wow. So you feel like you're standing on your side. You know, it's quite weird. Just imagine riding well, on Well, you it. like your bike riding. Did you give it a go? Well, I was going <laughs> to, but I actually felt like a bit of a wuss, and I thought I'd make a dick of myself. It's so, that steep. You sort of feel like you won't be able to stand up. Exactly. So in order to get uh, gravity going, you must have to cycle mm, quite fast. Sort of counterbalance. and yeah. Oh, that sounds um, nice. There's that a neck to it, but you can take your chances on it on the weekend. They have have-a-go sessions. Oh. I was happy just to sit in the stands and watch our track cyclists practice, Chris. Okay, fair enough. Uh, your wuss. Next time, though, <laughs> get on your um, your e-bike. One very quick tip about eating in Cambridge. Mm. You've got to go to what was the old post office, which is now home to this fantastic Italian restaurant called Alpino. It's worth a visit for the dolce, the dessert, alone. And my recommendation, Chris, the white Toblerone chocolate mousse <gasps> slathered in strawberries and shortbread. 
How about that for the sweet oh, surrender? And I'm on a diet. That's not fair. Sorry. Um, to find out more about uh, your adventures to the mighty Waikato, head to the official website. It's waikatonz.com. You can also check out our articles on Hamilton and the wider Waikato at fortheloveoftravel.net.nz. And be sure to like us on our Facebook page and our show notes are available on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz. That's a lot of websites. Plus, we would love you to race and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. And Mike just won't stop travelling, you lucky boy, because he's off to Auckland. We'll hear about that trip. Sounds very interesting on the next edition of Kiwi Tripsters. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.